The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to his disciples, Keep awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house to be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Who then is the faithful and wise slave whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the other slaves their allowance of food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Truly I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked slave says to himself, My master is delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow slaves and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour that he does not know. He will cut him off and put him with the hypocrites, for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we begin reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, and we will be reading for the next couple of weeks. It's a very important letter, very relevant for us today, because of the particular situation of that church. It was located in Corinth, and Corinth was this large trading hub between Italy and Asia, and therefore it was a multicultural and commercial melting pot of different religions and moral standards. Paul had founded the church on his second missionary journey. It was a young church, and it was struggling because of the culture and their own vices that were creeping up, caused by immorality and selfishness. Paul will address these in the letter. The selfishness would be very evident in the fact that they're suing each other, Christians, bringing each other to court. And then there were liturgical abuses as well, especially regarding the Eucharist. In chapter 11, he will address that very clearly. So how does Paul address this very divided church that's beginning to come apart? He begins with affirmation. He begins with thanksgiving. Because there are some Christians in that church who are very faithful. And so Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus, for in every way you have been enriched by him in speech and knowledge of every kind and testimony. He's praising, first of all, the grace of God that has been poured upon them, and they've opened their hearts to receive it. He's also praising them for using their particular charisms, in this case, knowledge, speech, and giving testimony. That would be very influential and crucial in that culture of paganism in the Roman Empire, where conversion was very much needed. He then exhorts them in this first chapter to call upon the name of the Lord, not to think they've arrived, but rather to continue to seek that grace in a deeper infilling that God will strengthen them in their gifts 
and in grace, so that they would live a life of peace and witness. This would be very crucial, as I mentioned, because Corinth was this melting pot of all these different cultures, and if they could witness the love of God to the surrounding pagan culture, there would be conversion, because there's the hunger in the human heart that God has placed there, creating us in his own image and likeness. In the Gospel, Jesus addresses the same issue, except this is toward the end of his ministry. In fact, this is his last sermon in Matthew's Gospel called the Olivet Discourse. He's basically telling them, keep awake, for you do not know when Christ will come. In fact, he likens Christ to a thief. And you know, a thief will always try to catch us off guard, whether it's a pickpocket or someone who's simply trying to rob us of our possessions in the middle of the night. Jesus is saying, keep awake. The way that we keep awake is, again, to use the very gifts that God has given us, being faithful to them, aided by grace, so that when the master returns, he will find us at work in his ministry. We've all been gifted in various ways to help Christ and his church in ministry, whether it's prayer, hospitality, teaching, and so forth. The consequences for not doing this, Jesus also lays out very clearly, because he's put someone in charge of his whole household. That certainly would be us in our baptism. But unfortunately, the person that now is being thrown out has forgotten who he was and has started living this dissolute life that the Corinthians are falling into. What does Jesus say? The master will return and he will find that slave beating others and being drunk and will cast him out where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the stakes are high. And we know the stakes are high for us because the culture is slowly, well, maybe not so slowly, unraveling. We are the ones that has been really gifted by the faith. We're here today by God's grace. We're going to be strengthened in that grace through the Eucharist. Let us continue to encourage one another, as Paul did his church. Come alongside each other, hold each other up, avoid gossip and criticism, and then collaboratively, as a family of parishes, work together in love, bringing joy to those who are desperately in need of it. We have that joy planted deep in our hearts because of Christ, who died for us, gave himself to us, and will do so again in this very Eucharist.